everybody, it's Brian. Thanks for tuning in. If you're ready to buy or sell a home in Pierce, South King, or Snohomish County, please check out John Hurlbutt and his team over at Altitude Homes. John's an old friend and someone I know you can trust. He will also donate $500 to Ben's Fund for every closed transaction. I know how hard it is to find a real estate agent who has your best interests in mind. John can be that guy for you and benefit a great cause to boot. Check them out on the web at altitude-re.com slash hb. Again, altitude-re.com slash hb. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. That's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks. Girls hit you hallelujah. Girls hit you hallelujah. Girls hit you hallelujah. Cause Uptown Funk don't give it to you. Cause Uptown Funk don't give it to you. Cause Uptown Funk don't give it to you. Saturday night and we in the spot. Don't believe me, just watch. Alright, as always, big thanks to our friends over at Pagliacci. See, there I got it right. Fine. You know what? They awesome. pay the, they foot the bill. They can call themselves whatever the heck they want. Uh, they make damn good pizza. That's all I know. And they make damn good pizza with damn good offers uh, because my friend Hawk Blogger every week tells me so. How are you, pal? I'm good, dude. I'm good. Uh, yeah, five bucks off this week. Uh, uh, any whole pie order, use code HawkBlogger. So uh, good stuff. You are turning into the incredible pitch man. You know that, right, by the way? This is a. Yeah, well, anytime a, you need me, I'm yeah. here for you, dude. There's a second career for you in marketing, man, no doubt. Well, let's talk about what we're going to see on Sunday. Obviously, the Giant win a week ago, 24 to 7. Another slow start, but now here we are, and we're going to face a football team that, as of right now, is caught up in maybe the biggest story of the day in the NFL, these comments by Bob McNair, their owner, and I wonder if this is going to hurt them on, on Sunday from a preparation and a, and a, and a focus perspective, Brian. It, it might. I mean, I, I've honestly been heads down at work, but I did see a couple headlines flash by and, and uh, talk of the Texans players are thinking of walking out and um, you know, who knows what happens between now and then, um, but yeah, sure, it could end up being a distraction. Um, you know, I'd, I'd hate for it to be a distraction because I think the Seahawks are in position to win this game with or without a distraction. And, um, you know, it's interesting. You said you said slow start, another slow start. This is a different slow start, points, right? This points is, wise. Yeah. 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 This, this was like the offense was actually playing um, productively, but they weren't scoring. And, and so I think this wasn't the same as what we've seen. And, and I'm really hoping that three of the fast four games, 425 yards or more, you know, maybe this offense is starting to turn a corner. Yeah, I uh, I still have a lot of question marks about the run game. Uh, I think you do too. And all I've done the entire yeah. offseason is say, hey, if they want to get back to where they want to be, they have to be able to run the ball. It's the lifeblood to everything they do. It sets up the defense. It sets up the offense, yada, yada, yada. You have an aging defense that obviously could use as much rest as they can get. And they still haven't shown – I don't think anything that makes me believe that they'll be able to run the ball this year. How about you? Well, let, let's go back. I've actually been looking forward to this conversation all week, oh. not just because you're on it, but because, look, what did we say at the beginning of the year? Specifically, you said, hey, all we need is for this offense or for this offensive yes. line to be average. We don't Correct. need them to be great. Just be average, Correct. right? Right. Guess what? They're average. They are average in points. They're, average in, they're above average in points, in yards. Um, you know, in, in um, the offensive line, 14th in the NFL in sack rate. Uh, 
mm-hmm. allowed. Mm-hmm. So you've got average right now. Where are and, they in rushing? So, rushing offense right now. Rushing, sure. It, it is. It is not necess- It's still actually. Uh, I can pull it up for you, but it, it's not as bad as you think. Okay. It, it is pretty close to average. Um, so I think. Uh, I think that that demonstrates that there is progress being made and gives me hope. And I still think, look, I I thought last week was their best rushing performance of the year. And let me tell you why. And this is backed up by some stats. Are you familiar with the concept of success rate? Yes. yes, In NFL? Yes. Right. So so first down for people that don't know, success is a a play that gets you um, uh, 40% of the yards to gain. So first and 10, that would be four yards, right? Second down at 60%. Um, and so if you were second and 10, you'd have to get six yards to be successful. And third down, it's the whole 100% of the yards to gain, right? Well, the Seahawks last week um, were eighth in the NFL in success rate on first and second down running the ball. Um, that's the highest rate they've been um, all season. And, uh, you know, I think there's some signs. Eddie Lacy and, and Thomas Rawls both had some moments um, that, you know, maybe they're getting closer to something that can be meaningful. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, I think it's uh, more likely to be Rawls than it is Lacey. Uh, I love the inclusion of the screen game, by the way, if they can just execute it properly. Uh, that was maddening <laughs> as hell to see Thomas Rawls. Uh-huh. I mean, he like spazzed out and stepped right in front of Justin Britton, ran into a defender that Britt was about to block for him for crying out loud. So hopefully down the road that gets cleaned up. I, I just think that Thomas Rawls, honestly, even with the fumble on Sunday, he was running like a guy that felt Eddie Lacey see breathing down his neck did you sense that too well i i i think i mean you guys all asked uh pete about his the cockamamie four running backs in the first four plays plan i thought that was i mean first thing Rawls is in there he gains like six or seven yards on the first carry and then he runs off the field and i'm like what the heck yeah you've been looking for this for the entire season, and here's the guy that makes the right play. Keep him in there. Ride him. Like, look, uh, you know, you and I, I feel like we're having the same conversation over and over again, but, yeah, I, I do think that he's looking over his shoulder because he never knows when he's going to stay in or when he's going to come out. Right. And no wonder he's over-anxious and, and running past blocks because he's trying so hard. So, like, if he can settle in, if he can, you know, find his rhythm, I, I still think I see things from Thomas Rawls that make me believe he can be, uh, you know, our best running back. Yeah, it was interesting, though, that when he fumbled in the second quarter, uh, I think that drive started at the 41. Uh, he had a five- or six-yard run if he hadn't fumbled the ball. The Giants take over two plays later, they score. But the very next drive, the first play of the very next drive after the fumble, they go right back to Thomas Rawls. So it's almost like inconsistent, like he'll have a five or six yard run and then they'll yank him, but then he'll fumble and they'll go right back to him. It's like backwards. It doesn't make any sense to me. It is. It is. It it is frustrating to watch. Uh, It's definitely a frustrating part, um, uh, you know, to watch how the coaching staff's handling that. Um, Maybe there's a method to their madness that, that we don't understand. But, um, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm pretty excited about things that I saw. Look, Luke Jokel, we, we, we had said he's been one of the more consistent offensive linemen for them, and we didn't know. He's out for five weeks. We don't know what's going to happen. They mm-hmm. put in the rookie Ethan Posick. We know Glowinski hasn't been good. Posick was perfect in pass protection, didn't have a single pressure hit or sack given up. Um, he went into center, played well. I mean, that's great news, Softy. Second-round pick, you don't know what necessarily what you have. 
um, you know, if, if, that's really promising. I don't think that's a small thing. Yeah, I don't either. And I, I hope we never see Jokel again. And that's yeah. not a slam on Jokel because if we never see Luke Jokel again, then the odds are that Ethan Posick has Wally pipped him. And I'm fine with that. Yeah, uh, you know, there's some people asking if maybe they'd, they'd consider swapping out Odiombo and putting Jokel in there at left tackle when he comes back. That's possible, but, you know, I don't know why they'd feel more confident putting him out there after surgery than they did before, and um, we'll see. You know, Adeyabushi played well last week. Risodiambo actually had his best game so far. So um, this is a tough matchup this week. Christian Covington is a name to watch. He's a beast on the inside of that line that most people don't know about. And so is a reader. There are other defensive tackles. So it is going to be a challenge for the interior lineman this week. Yeah, I just uh, I go back to last Sunday for a second. I want to get your thoughts on this. If you and I had talked at halftime and I had said, eh, Jimmy Graham, talk to me. What would you have said about Jimmy Graham at halftime of that game? Uh, I don't think I can say that on on, uh, <laughs> <laughs> on public airways. Uh, I, I, you know, it was frustrating. I, I will say, you know, look, I think Russell Wilson overthrew Jimmy Graham on the first red zone fade. That's on Russell. I think um, uh, Russell Wilson actually threw it to the – he was not an accurate pass in the second one, but Jimmy Graham has no excuse for dropping that. He have to, hits him right in the stomach. He's got to catch that even if it was supposed to be high. And then the other one, I mean – Look, I, I, the thing that frustrates me the most softy about Jimmy Graham, I, you know, you've probably played sports at points in your life. If you have a teammate who makes a mistake and shows absolutely no remorse for a, a mistake that really hurts the team, it just sends the wrong message to me. It drives me crazy. It, it's like he doesn't care. It, it, it comes across as selfish. And so when he dropped that, that pass and he just walks off the field and there's no emotion whatsoever – it drives me nuts. I'll be honest. It really yeah, drives yeah. me crazy. Well, the first one, uh, yeah, even Holmgren yesterday on the radio show, he, he didn't know if that was Jimmy peeling off the route too early or Russell throwing the ball to the wrong sure. spot. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sure. talk to Warren Moon about that today and, and see if he can maybe lend some insight there. I, I, I found it almost stunning, and I guess maybe I should not be stunned because this is maybe what has happened to Jimmy Graham, that Steve Spagnola on three different occasions inside the two-yard line was willing to man up with a six foot one or five foot ten corner against Jimmy Graham. And they went to him three times. And the third time it obviously burned him. But let's talk about what's going to happen on Sunday. Uh, the Texan offense obviously has some weapons. The Texan defense, you mentioned some of their players on the defensive front, but they're down merciless. They're down Cushing. They're down J.J. Watt. And the only offenses, by the way, Brian, that the Texan defense ha has really controlled are the Browns, Titans, and Bengals. And they're ranked 24th, 18th, and 29th in football right now. Yeah, I, I'll tell you that there, there is one very simple key to this game um, for, the, for the Seahawks, and, and that's turnovers. Uh, the Texans are undefeated this year when they've won the turnover battle. They have not won yet when they lose it. And uh, that's been, if you look at back at their games, that has been pivotal to how they've gotten to where they've, they've been so far. Um, so, look, uh, Deshaun Watson, maybe the toughest defense he played was at Cincinnati, and he scored 13 points. Um, you know, he has absolutely not played in any environment close to CenturyLink Field, and he's not played a defense, honestly, close to what he's going to face. So I think this is the place where rookie quarterbacks come to perish, and, and I, I think he's going to have an uphill battle. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm 
optimistic about this game. I think uh, I have a lot of respect for Watson, but but I think the Seahawks should, should win it. Yeah, just to add to what you're talking about there, so the, the three teams that they lost to uh, defensively, Cincinnati 5th, the Titans 17th, and the Browns are actually, believe it or not, ninth in the NFL right now in total defense. The teams they lost to are the teams that, that actually have the bad defenses. Uh, on average, New England, Kansas City aren't great. Jaguars are good, but the Patriots are 32nd and the Chiefs are 29th. I, I'm, I'm still waiting to see a four-quarter game out of this offense, though, man. I realize that the slow start, first quarter, second quarter, first half, yada, 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 no points on the road in the first quarter, all that stuff, it's starting to wear on people. Where is it written that we can't see a four-quarter game from Russell Wilson and this offense? And they came close last week, as you said. They did. I think it was the closest they've come. I think it was a pretty complete game. They just didn't finish with points. And so, yeah, they've got, I think, nine points in the first quarter of this season. They were so close to scoring. They have zero points on the road in the first quarter of this season. I I was like, oh, man, they're going to get it. And they didn't. Um, So, yeah, (laughs) it it would be nice. It It certainly would be. Um, I just think, you know, we this defense is playing great football right now. I think the offense is coming around. It's now at league average. And you joked about it. You laughed at me a few weeks ago. They, they were playing a half a game for a while, mm-hmm. half a game of good, good offense. I think they've gotten up to three quarters of a game of good offense. And I think they're, you know, if, if they can do that consistently, I think this team will be in great position because the rest of the NFC is trash. Yeah, no doubt. It's wide open, baby. All right, dude. Good stuff. Hey, by the way, any thoughts on Freeney, Dwight Freeney? Oh, man. It's nice to have him. I mean, the guy sounds like a fantastic ad both on the field and off. And more pass rush. I think you might not know this. He was the 10th rated 4-3 defensive end in the NFL in pass rush productivity last year. Mm. Uh, Cliff Averill was fifth. Frank Clark was eighth. He was 10th. So, you know, he can still bring it. And, and, and you know, I think, I think that's a great ad by the team. I love it. Brian, you're the man. Great stuff. Enjoy the game. We'll talk next week, dude. Sounds good. Yeah, Brian Nemhauser, Hawk Blogger. Find him on Twitter, at Hawk Blogger, and on the web at hawkblogger.com. Every week, uh, the Hawk Blogger Softy Podcast, for free, right here. Appreciate you coming over. Go Hawks. Want more great Seahawks talk? Of course you do. Check out the Pedestrian Podcast. It's the official podcast of the UK Seahawkers. Hosted by Stuart Court, Adam Nathan, and Ross Bell. It's fun. It's British. You get accents. You get Seahawks. You get football. It's definitely worth it. They're at pedestrianpodcast.podbean.com or you can find them on iTunes. Check them out.